Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Coming up later this hour, we'll address the Julius Randle injury, the controversy around it, the timetable of him, and how it impacts the Knicks long term. We'll get to that coming up at around 340 or so. But Lamar Jackson lost. The MVP of the league, two-time MVP, went mano mano with Patrick Mahomes and I wouldn't say, Tiki, he's the reason they lost no, the game. but he wasn't great. But he wasn't great. We didn't see the best of him. So, as a Lamar defender, huh. your thoughts? You want to take I'm, him to town? I mean, I think Lamar, I don't, first of all, let me, let me back up. Yeah. So, he has a new coordinator this year. It's not Greg Roman. It's Todd Munkin. Yeah. Todd Munkin was in college at Georgia, won back-to-back national championship. He's a really good offensive mind, and he helped evolve Lamar Jackson this season into a player that's likely to win the MVP again in a very different way than he did in 2019. Now, with that said, I think in evolving Lamar Jackson, he's taken a little bit of Lamar Jackson out of him. That is, when things aren't pretty, Mm -hmm. things don't look clear, go find it with your legs. Pat Mahomes does that, right? Right. Pat Mahomes is not Lamar Jackson by any stretch of imagination, but when when the Pat Mahomes just doesn't like what he's seeing, he just kind of tucks it and scoots and like slides his way. You know, it's funny you say that. <laughs> he did that so brilliantly right. in the game against the Jets yes. earlier this season. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And he did it in this game. He did it in the in week before in the divisional round. It's just, it's just what he does. Like he's he's slippery, and Lamar Jackson has gotten so enamored with being a downfield passer that he 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 buys himself time by going the wrong way. Right? Pat Mahomes when he's buying himself time, he's always moving forward. You ever notice this? Mm. Like Pat Mahomes doesn't escape backwards. He escapes either sideways, a couple steps forward, like he escapes towards the line of scrimmage. Lamar Jackson backs up and it puts him in impossible to convert situations. And so Part of this evolution of Lamar staying in the pocket, be that pocket passer, is that he's got to not lose himself. And I felt like, in particular, watching this game, he lost the essence of who he is. That is, you can't touch me. Like this is backyard football, and it's you and me, or you and or me and two of two of you. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to find a way to be more athletic than you. And we didn't see that. And so Todd didn't run the ball. Lamar sat back and tried to throw the ball everywhere making bad decisions, including the interception and the triple coverage to, to Mark Andrews down the middle of the field. Right? He, it, it's, it's almost like he was trying too hard to be like Patrick Mahomes mm. as opposed to just being himself. Well, and so I'm not defending him because yeah. it was just a – it wasn't a, 
a horrific performance, but there was nothing inspiring. Yeah. Like you, when you watched it, you weren't like, oh, man, that that's the MVP. Or, man, I've never seen someone run like that since Michael Vick. Like, there was nothing that jumped off the page except for the touchdown to Zay Flowers, and that was the one example of him scrambling and finding a guy downfield. Yeah. It's, it's tough because I think sometimes when you've got the two-time MVP, Lamar Jackson, mano a mano against this burgeoning dynasty in the Chiefs, you want to make it simply about him. Yeah. And I kind of felt the same way. Like, Lamar was ordinary, but if I made a list of reasons why the Baltimore Ravens lost, like, he's a part of it, but he ain't number one. No, he's definitely not. I mean, number one, I'll start with Zay Flowers. Yeah, composure, kid. Like, Zay Flowers screwed up on so many different occasions in this game. That's what boggles my mind. Yep. I mean, obviously, you've got the fumble. And the fumble is, it just can't happen. I mean, it can't happen. Like, they're on their way to making this a real game, and he sticks the ball out at the one-yard line for no reason. Now, Sneed makes an incredible play, and I give him credit, but still, that's on Zay Flowers. But that's not it. Three plays earlier, when Zay makes the big catch, why is he putting himself in a position to be called for a taunting penalty? No idea. Now, I'll say this. I hate the taunting penalty. I think it should be thrown out of the league. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. If I ever got to meet Roger Goodell, there's a few things I'd tell him, and that's one of them. With that said, it's a rule. Yeah. And I can scream and yell about it all day, but it exists. So as a player, you can't put yourself in that position. That's number two. And then we got number three. And this should be talked about more. I'm sorry. When Zay Flowers commits that fumble, he goes on his bench and out of frustration bangs his hand down, which was reported on the broadcast, mm-hmm. and he gets bloodied. And even though he came back in the game, how many catches did he have after he came back in the game? Anybody know? Uh, I think none. You got the answer? Zero. <laughs> none. Zero. So he may have come back in the game, right? but he clearly was affected by yeah. it. So you have a guy, and composure is so the right word, Tiki, between the taunting penalty, the fumble, and the decision to stick the ball out, to injuring himself on the bench. Right. Like, and I know he had a big statistical game, but my God, he really cost him. So those moments, this is why sometimes I feel like I need to go consult with football teams. Because going through, how to get through contact is, it seems like it's so hard. But it's actually really easy. And it's not by extending yourself. It's not by putting the ball out in front of you. It's actually by getting compact. Like, getting smaller, getting tighter. In fact, so, I forget what game we were we were calling Matt and I were down on the sideline. Running back came up to me. He's like, oh, dude, I remember watching you. You know, you'd go into contact. Like, you'd wrap that ball up high and tight. And I said to him, I said, the X will save you, right? The X will help you. And and if you're asking what do I mean by that. Yeah, what does that mean? It's it's the ball high and tight. Mm -hmm. And when you go into contact, take your off-ball hand and wrap it across your chest. So it looks like there's an X. So if you're looking at me straight ahead, I'll show you a picture of it. I have it on my iPad. It looks like you're in an X. There's an X right across your chest. Now, it protects the ball from coming out, but more important, it makes you harder to hit because right? you're not wide. You're not wide. You're, you're tight. Your shoulders are, are closer, and you penetrate. Like when you're, it's like a bullet, right? When you get, you get X'd and you penetrate, just go, you'll go through that contact. And as Zay Flowers starts to reach out that ball, I'm like, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> you can see it happening. Yeah. Right? The, the guys who were going to tackle him didn't have angles. There was nobody head up on him. Get X'd, go through contact. You will scoot through there and you'll be in the end zone and you'll be celebrating. Right? It's, it's, it's so little and simple, 
but nobody does it, and mm. it frustrates the hell out of me. If he <laughs> scores a touchdown on that play, the right. game is different. It's so different. If Lamar doesn't throw the interception of Bush, the game is different. But I can say this confidently, and I can say it with a smile. It may have been different, but the result would have been the same. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are America's daddy. And I think it's about time, and I said this last week, I don't want to repeat the same thing, but stop betting against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Just stop doing it. I get it. You're tired of them. You're tired of Taylor Swift. You're tired of the narrative. Trust me, there's a lot of things I'm tired of, but you just have to accept things. And what boggled my mind the entire week, I said this to you Friday, and boggles my mind even today, is the lack of respect the Kansas City Chiefs have gotten over the last few years. Mm -hmm. Last year, no Tyreek Hill. (laughs) This year, the receiver drops. When push comes to shove, and now they did it on the road. Oh, it was always Arrowhead. They did it on the road. They went to Buffalo, mean, angry Buffalo. They went to Baltimore, mean Baltimore. And all they do is find ways. It's not pretty, not saying it is. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, not saying it is. But all they do is win, win, win. And I'm not sitting here as a cheerleader. I'm sitting here as just an analysis. Right. analysis Someone who gives you analysis. Analyzer. Analyst. Yes. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. They find ways to win. Right. So I look at this game. And I see all the mistakes the Ravens made. And boy, oh boy, did they make so many. I mean, they made so many mistakes throughout this game. The dumb penalties, mm-hmm. the taunting, the fumble, the interception. Like, so many. And I get back to the same thought. Even if they didn't make those mistakes, they would have beaten you. Yeah. Well, they would have. And you know it. I gotta, you know it, Well, you. I got to tell you, too, because my thought after watching the first half of that game, I was like, oh, man, this, this could get really interesting. I got to tell you, the second half was a dud. Well, because the defense was suffocating. It was all defensive suffocation, but it was also just, it was a dud. Yeah. Like, I was expecting, but this is this is why what you're saying is true, because they're the new Patriots. They're the new team that's not, 
how many Super Bowls did the Patriots win where they blew out the opponent by 30 points? Not a lot. I don't think any of them. No. <laughs> they had a few championship games where they blew teams uh, but out. I'm talking but the about, Super Bowl, they certainly didn't. Uh, the Super Bowls <laughs> Never. Were, the Super Bowls were played so close to the vest. Yeah. They were played by possessions. And you could tell from the very first quarter, really the first half, uh, quarter and a half, what the game plan was. Nine minute, eight minute drive, nine minute drive, right? It was possessions. Limit Lamar Jackson's possessions. Because if Lamar Jackson has the ball too many times, eventually something spectacular is going to happen. But if you limit his projections, what do you have, three possessions in the first half? You limit his possessions, he can't beat you. And so the Chiefs are so well coached. And Andy Reid and Steve Spagnoli, you got to give him credit, have, like, they've mastered this these, these moments because they know how to beat the team that they're playing. Not, you know beat the spread or beat the beat Vegas or score X so many points. It doesn't matter. It is beat that team. And they had the perfect game plan to beat the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And it showed that's after the first half. I said, this is the, this is, this is the perfect formula to beat Lamar. I almost nailed the final score you too. Did. You I did. had 17, 14 and ended 17, 10. I was so damn glad. Cause I felt that. And by the way, early in the game, I was not confident because think about it. On Kansas City's first drive, they marched down the field, they scored a touchdown. <laughs> on the Ravens' first drive, they marched, a uh, second drive, they marched down the field, yeah. they scored a touchdown. Then the Chiefs had all those third down conversions. They're up 14 7, you know, early second quarter. And I'm like, ah, maybe I'll be off about this. <laughs> but I, I could see a low scoring game, and a part of it was a respectable defenses. Right. Like these are, you know, Mahomes and Jackson get all the attention, rightfully so. They're great. Lamar's a two-time MVP. We mentioned this on Friday. Every multiple-time MVP is a Hall of Famer. Every last one of them. There's no multi-time MVP in the NFL who's okay. They're all all-time greats, mm-hmm. and they're Hall of Famers. And we all know how great Mahomes is. So they get all the attention, but this Kansas City Chief defense is a big part of why they're here. Right. And Steve Spagnola, credit to you guys as Giant fans, because you should be proud of him. Yeah. You should be damn proud of him for it's, what he did for your franchise. It almost sucks that McAdoo retained him because then maybe he could still be the D coordinator once yeah. McAdoo left. Right. Maybe we wouldn't be in his wink Oh, mess. you mean if he had left? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love you. Spags. Spags deserves all the credit. By, By the way, right. he just wasn't a great head coach. Yeah. And and his game plan again versus star quarterback was great. But I really don't have to be. I think you guys are giving Lamar and the Ravens way too much of a pass here. Well, I mean, well first of all, well, how do I give the Ravens a pass? Well, I look, I because you're saying the inevitable was going to happen no matter what. Truthfully, that way that Raven defense showed up yesterday, man, 17 points, that whole second half like Tiki talked about boring. The Ravens had opportunities in this mm-hmm. game. The play they calling did. Did. was atrocious. Todd was bad. Todd was Munkin, bad. Munkin was bad. But they, he, they had five runs in the first yeah, you're right. and three I, quarters. And looking something. back through the stat sheet to abandon the run like that is terrible. But how many times, I've gone back to some of these drives, Lamar, man, just the simple throws is, is six yards per attempt in these throws. He's missing so many in this game. And you talk about the same thing. How many throws. bad throws did he make in this game? A lot more than he, he had 17 incompletions. I think like three of them were drops. And not only that, he had four sacks. Three of them were completely on him holding onto the ball too long. I just, look, I don't think Lamar's a, a bad quarterback. I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. It's okay to expect more. I expected more out of him yesterday. Is he the reason they lost? Not the not the reason, like I'm pointing to Dan Campbell, but I think he's just up there with. So much so that I think Zay Flowers has allowed Lamar Jackson to get a little more of a pass today than he deserves. Mm. Well, but if Zay Flowers holds on to the ball. I agree. And you know what, too, also? Harbaugh. We want to kill Campbell. 
How about with, you know, 352 left, you have enough sense, you have Justin Tucker. Kick a field goal down 10 there to preserve as much time as possible to give yourself a chance to score mm. a touchdown. He let that tick all the way to the two-minute warning. That's funny. That's a strategy that we, we hear often yeah. that nobody ever does. Yeah, well, you know, God forbid Tony mentioned it yesterday in the broadcast, but that would have <laughs> helped too. But I just thought top to, top to bottom, the Ravens let the Chiefs off the hook yesterday despite the fact that the defense came to play. He also could have ran a lot more, too. It's almost like the cloud of Mahomes was too much for him. It's like he wanted to make the throws. He wanted to beat Mahomes. It's like, dude, you ran for 100 yards last week. Yeah, he didn't lose the game, but if the Ravens were going to win the game, it was because Lamar balled, and he didn't ball. And then he throws in a triple coverage on first down and blew the game. That's a horrible decision. He didn't ball. I just didn't think he was terrible. Like, that's, I didn't think but that's, that that was the But he's the MVP. He's got to put the team on his back and win the game. That's my issue. I agree with you. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't awesome. I just... Same reason I get mad at Josh Allen on those spots, too. Mm-hmm. I just I expected the two-time MVP to rise more to the occasion. You have to beat the Chiefs. They're not going to beat themselves. Right. Yeah, you were never going to be able to beat them 17-14. And Pat because, even said that. Mahomes even said that. Because they were yeah. always going to make the play when they needed to. That's why in this alternate universe where Lamar doesn't turn the ball over with that interception mid-fourth quarter or Flowers doesn't put the ball on the ground for a turnover, the Chiefs just execute differently. That's the way I would envision right. the alternate universe. They just make a play. Harrison Butker's lining up for a game-winning 37-yarder, and he's making it. Like, they would have executed differently. Because look at that last play, the third and nine play, where the Ravens had a chance to get the ball back. This is their last chance. They get off the field on third and nine. They got the ball back down by seven, and Lamar is set up mm-hmm. for this epic moment. And what happened? Yeah. Pat Mahomes found Valdez Scantling. Good night. And See a you later. 32-yard completion. Which which is amazing because I was just reading about it this morning. How that was their third and long go win it play. Go win it. Wow, well, they won it already. Right. No matter what coverage you give, you put Rishi Rice and and Valdez Scantling on goes. It, it it's pressure on somebody, and so Rice gets doubled, which was one on one to to M, uh, MVS, MVS and. He made a great catch. Second straight week he did that when all he did on that play all season long was drop the ball. <laughs> the know. real question, Redemption. though, the real Redemption. question for Tiki was, did they show too much of Tay-Tay for you? Was it overwhelming or were you okay with it? I wasn't with really paying attention. <laughs> Honestly, I, I cared so less about that because the more we talk about her, the less we talk about the things that matter in this ah. game, which is Spags being amazing, uh, Pat Mahomes being fantastic, hell, the redemption of MVS, like the defense, Karloftis, who nobody even knows who the hell that is. He was amazing. He's been amazing all season, but nobody's talking about him. I do have one Taylor Swift CBS-related criticism because for the most part, I like when they show Taylor because I know it pisses people off, and then I like laugh at how angry people are over (laughs) innocently showing a pop star who happens to be hooking up with the star tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs. But after the game was over, this one was epic. I don't know if anyone caught this. The game is over. They're doing the trophy presentation. Uh And I don't want to laugh because I thought this was just such a weird mistake. I think it was Clark Hunt was talking about his late mom, Norma Hunt, who passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. And as he's talking glowingly about Norma, they show Taylor Swift. And I'm like, what are we we doing? I was like, what? I defend you guys all the time. Show her as much as possible. I can't get enough of the kiss. I can't get enough of the hug. Hey, did he say I love you? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's great. But when they're talking about Norma Hunt, 
You can't be showing me Taylor Swift. At least show Gracie Hunt there. At least she's part of the family if you want to go that route. Trust me, they showed plenty of Gracie Hunt. I understand that. By the way, they made a lot about the I love you thing. We're all married. How long have they been dating? Six months? If you don't say I love you by three months, your ass is out of there. So we're making a big deal about it. You got to say I love you. Yes. No, I never did in three months. Never. How long? You're dead wrong. No, more than three months. I, I don't think I'm dead wrong, but I mean, how I'd long did to, you wait? I've only said I love you to, like, two women, including my wife, and it took, I mean, I'm going to say, it was more than three months. All right, so then it's at least six months here, though. That's a long time to not say I love you. Really? If you plan on getting, you know oh, what, you, you better be saying I love tiggy, you. Tiggy, Tiggy, Tiggy. Yes. Loogies and I love you whore. Oh. Yeah. I think within six, well, three months, you get the, I what are I we, that discussion. Loogie gets a girl to hook up with him. He's like, I love you. He's an I love you immediately. Yeah, amazing. I think I love you. <laughs> but, and by the way, we had this discussion, uh, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago. I am fully convinced that they have gotten it on. And recently, for the first time. Well, I thought that was a foregone conclusion. Well, right? now, but do the math. And I only know this because, you know, maybe I gamble a little too much on player props. Kelsey had been invisible for weeks. <laughs> we kept seeing Taylor mm. Swift, but Kelsey didn't have these great games. <laughs> he funny. wasn't scoring touchdowns. Look how long he went without a touchdown before last week. Suddenly arrives last week with the touchdowns really good. And this week, what do you have, 27 catches in that game yesterday? He was unbelievable. I, you know, I'm just going to say it. I think Taylor Swift finally was a panty dropper for him, and now he's... <laughs> but you know what's weird with that, that thought? I don't, look, God Travis Kelsey has had a lot of sex in his life. Sure. Lots. Yes, I take the over. Okay. I would take the over. And I don't think he's ever had a dry spell, necessarily. No. I don't think he's ever cooled off the way well, maybe all of us, except for Tiki, has in our lifetime. Because I've had dry... We all have. I, I, can, I, can, I got a long one I can tell you about. So... <laughs> You think, like, what would cause well, this to be so? No, because I'm going to tell you. All eyes on t- on Travis Kelsey. He could not have gotten with another girl while this whole Taylor Swift thing was going on all year. That's Because true. people would have photographed him and caught him. So there was no going to be chiefs on the road. Let me bring a girl back to the hotel or something. He was committed to her. She seems like a wholesome gal. Probably wanted to wait a long time. He was probably pent up. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, so you think it's recent, and that's what's led to all, this streak? All of a sudden, he's exploding to be a Hall of Fame player again. I mean, how many catch you to catch <laughs> all yeah, the yeah. touchdowns? I think she gave him the free the pre-playoffs. All right, it's time, pal. I can't wait till Awful Announcing <laughs> Rights article. Sean Morash claims recent sexapades has gotten Travis Kelsey going in the postseason. He <laughs> <Hate> the <laughs> bust. <laughs> okay. It's funny. As big as Kelsey, the Chiefs, and Tay-Tay has been, I really think around water coolers today, more so than I love you or no I love you, has been Dan Campbell. He's pulled off the impossible. He's taken a little bit of the attention away from the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty and some of the decisions All he made yesterday. All because of math. All because of math, right? Chris is in Queens. How are you, Chris? Hey, well, as long as you're talking about math, uh, why is it that coaches sometimes don't understand that 7 plus 3 is the same as 3 plus 7? Because... <laughs> Yes. If you saw at the you know at the end of the uh, Baltimore Ravens game, you know they were down by ten, and they kicked. They had a fourth and five, I think, and they kicked the field goal, which is the right play. It's right. two possessions. You got to get one of them. Right. And then I'll make the argument. The call before Burp a great point. The third down call was ridiculous. When mm-hmm. it's third and you know whatever, you you got to throw the ball. It's incomplete. It stops the clock. But you know. But I'll make the case that once they got into field goal range, there was like a minute and 52 left or something. I was saying to my friend watching him, like, you got to kick the field goal here. Yeah. Kick the field goal now, then use the three timeouts, obviously, on defense, and you'll get the ball back down seven with, you know, maybe a minute and a half left. Yeah. You know, you know what? And- I, respectfully, I disagree with you about this one. I'll tell you why, even though you didn't ask me why. To march down the field 
and score a touchdown with 45 seconds to go is far, far, far more challenging than only needing a field goal. And so to me, when I'm down in the red area, I got to at least take shots in the end zone. Now, if I don't, then maybe it's different at that point. Yeah. But I got to get in the end zone because the chances of going 80 yards with no timeouts and a minute to go feel so remote. Meanwhile, kicking a field goal to tie the game, like we've seen it. It doesn't take a lot of time, T. No, it doesn't. I'm just, I'm just rewatching this drive, that last drive that he was talking about, because it was. I mean, they're on a 50 yard line. There's two minutes left. The two minute warning has just occurred. They call a shot, not even a shot play. It's just a dig, uh, and he completes it to Reynolds, and they get. They're on the, they're on the 24 yard line, and so at that point, if you know, I think at that point they believe that they can win, that they can not only score a touchdown quickly but then also score another touchdown and win as opposed to we have to tie. Mm. So they're thinking win as opposed to kick the field goal. We're playing for a tie. I think that's the difference is if I'm trying to think of the scenario where it would make sense to do that, right? To kick the field goal first. Ah, uh, I think it depends where three timeouts and there's a minute left and you're on the 20 yard line, kick the field goal, try the onside kick. And then try to get the stop. I just now you get the ball back with twenty something seconds left. If we're playing the math game, the odds of scoring a touchdown with no timeouts and forty seconds to go, going the length of the field, they're remote. They're remote even with Patrick Mahomes. Right. But when you're saying kick a field goal with thirty seconds to go and no timeouts, it's it's a possibility. We've seen it. I just think it's such a greater possibility that what I got to do once I'm in the red area is take a bunch of shots and just try to get in the end zone. Dan's in Garwood, New Jersey. What's up, Dan? Hey, Evan Tiki, what's going on, fellas? What's, what's up? up? Uh, I wanted to make a quick point about the game, and then uh, I actually had, a, if it's okay, Evan, I had a quick wrestling point from the from uh, Tiki's previous former uh, Alan Mater show that was on earlier. <laughs> That's all right. Yep. Um, so yeah, so with the game, I, I, I was on. You know, I was trying to call to get through. So I don't know if somebody got. I heard people talking about the timeout, and they might have stole my thunder a little bit. What I thought was even crazier, guys, is the to run the ball down there. Like, I agree, Evan, I'm 100% on board with you that, like, when you get down, once that guy, um, what's his name, yet had a quarter court pass all year. Once oh, he catches that Fer- pass. Ferkser catches the first down yeah, pass. Right. Yeah, once he catches that pass, yeah, once he catches that pass and goes out to the one and a half, you've got to go for the touchdown there. And if worst comes to worst, I mean, maybe settle for no, the football you know, fourth down. Yeah, you know what's got to happen because, is Ferkser's got to actually score. Right, and he, he should have. He should have. They, they, they had a, they had a perfectly designed pick route, and he just, and, he, and here's the crazy thing about the timeouts because they even said on the on the broadcast they said the problem is that you would probably like to run here, but if you run and you and you run into a situation where they, he gets stuffed and these guys are slow getting up, and then the Forty ers did him a favor, they got right up and they still called the timeout. And I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. Once you call a timeout, the game is over. That's the thing. That Once you call that so, timeout, so, it's done. Like you're begging for a miracle with an onside kick, which is truly so, a miracle. Yeah. You're never going to, especially in the league now, it's even harder. Yep. Now, here's my wrestling thing, guys, yeah. real quick. On a previous show, they were doing, there was a whole lot of wrestling talk going on because guys are dressing up as WWE guys now off, off of bets. And they actually mentioned Tiki. I didn't know it was Coco Beware at some point. Back, <laughs> yeah, back that in the was day, way back in the day. That so was, that was like year one. They were looking. They were looking for a guy, a former wrestler that Tiki's probably gonna have no idea who I'm talking about. But Evan will definitely know who somebody mentioned. I don't know if anybody came up with his name because I couldn't listen the whole time I was driving. But they said who would Al Dukes be? 
if they were going to get him to be a wrestler. And I got the perfect name. Who would Al Dukes be if he dressed up as a wrestler? If he, if he, if the bet got lost, which I don't know if Al is ever going to take a bet where he dresses up as a wrestler, I don't feel like Al's probably too sharp for him to even take that wager. But if Al was ever be a wrestler, who would he be? Yeah. I got the name. All right, go ahead. Harvey Wimpleman. Harvey Harvey Wimpleman. Wimpleman. (laughs) For some reason, I was thinking Howard Finkel, even though he wasn't a wrestler, but he was the great rig announcer. The great Howard Finkel. Who? Howard? Who is this? Howard Finkel, who, by the way, Howard Finkel, who's no longer with us. Oh. Yeah, he died. I mean, you say, wow. Wow. Because I'm watching him now. I didn't realize he was dead. Yeah, no, he passed away. I'll never forget this. This is one of my great moments. 2020. 2020 passed away during the pandemic. Never forget this. I'm sitting at Lucas Oil Stadium for the Jets and the Colts in the AFC Championship game. Very nervous. <laughs> Joe went away. I think he went to the bathroom. I'm sitting by myself just thinking about, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. AFC title game. This is crazy. All of a sudden, from a distance, I hear, Evan. I'm like, what? <laughs> Evan. And I look over, and it's Howard Finkel. <laughs> and Howard Finkel runs over, and he's like, I listen to you and Joe every day. I'm a diehard Jet fan. I'm like, what? <laughs> Howard Finkel was a diehard Jet fan. And then he was explaining, we're probably going to lose today. And I had the urge, like everyone did, to say, I should ask him to announce my name. How cool would that be? <laughs> and new Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Never did it, though, because yeah. I had too much respect for him. But Howard Finkel, big-time Jet fan. Poor guy never got to see him win. He came here one yeah. time. I think he was on with Boomer Carton. I met him. Sweetheart of a guy. Very, very, very nice. Big New York sports big, fan. And a big Jet fan. Do we know if he was a Met fan? I assume Met. I think he was Met, a Met, Met fan. Yeah. Did he wrestle also? Or no. Is no. his personality? Well, he wrestled once actually against Harvey Whippleman in a tuxedo match many years ago. Okay. But for the most part, he was just the, the ring announcer. The famous ring announcer. That's who he is. He didn't wrestle the Stooges in a brawn panty dopey match. It he was, may have. He might have. That's done on the table. Dumbass match. By the way, speaking of wrestling, coming up at 6 o'clock, Sean Morash gets to go home early. Tiki gets to hang out if he so wishes. We are breaking down, no joke, the Royal Rumble at 6 o'clock. Me and Luke, <laughs> we're even going to take your calls. How about that? Some Royal Rumble phone calls in that 6 o'clock hour, which, which, which will feature a lot of wrestling talk and a lot of commercials. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Pete and Yonkers. What's up, Pete? <laughs> What's going on? Um, I think one factor of the analytics that doesn't get discussed is the actual kicker himself. I mean, Badgley's 42 of 61 in his career from over 40 yards, yeah. 68%. Yep. It's a 45-yard field goal, outdoors, NFC championship. If Dan Campbell thinks he's only going to make that kick three out of five times, how does he not go for it? Yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. It. I think you're absolutely right about that. because, And he'd only been on the team. For six weeks? Yeah. No, no, he, I think he was on the practice squad, but he'd only been active for like six weeks. Now, he hadn't missed a kick yet this season. That's true. And that's – so that's the that's the conundrum. Oh, it's a huge conundrum because I get it. Like, one of the other facts about Badgley he didn't bring up, but I'll bring it up, is he hadn't attempted a plus 40-yarder outside. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did bring it up, and I'm just repeating it. I don't remember. Yeah. Bottom line is – I get all that, but then why the hell are you on the team? Yeah. Like you need to have some reliability. But there aren't a lot of great kickers. Like their kicker got hurt, right? And so you, your kicker gets hurt. You you just have to go with what's available. It's a guy on the street who likely was in camp somewhere and just lost the battle. So all kickers, there's like two kickers, maybe three sometimes in camps. The other guys just they just get cut because they're mm. not good enough. That's how you end up with Mason Crosby wearing Tiki's number. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how you end up. That happening. Exactly right. <laughs> Nick's in Staten Island. How are you, Nick? What's going on, guys? What's up, um, Nick? I want to get back to that Ravens-Chiefs game. Yes. I'm a big fan. 
I was there last week and I was there yesterday. And the day flowers all happened right in front of me. Yes. Yeah. And the stadium was just dead after that. Obviously, it's a different game there. And then Lamar probably doesn't throw that pick after he probably yep. settled for well, a Well, he's not ball. desperate. He's not desperate anymore. Exactly. But, like, my main thing here, like, Tiki, for, for you as a running back, they're a run-first team. How did a running back have six total carries? I mm. have no idea. No idea. I mean... It, it almost felt like they were getting... Like they felt they panicked. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that that was the word I was looking for. It felt like panic, and it was only because they weren't very effective. And so, when you get ineffective as a play caller, you tend to like want to throw the ball. Like running the football just feels unsexy. But when you have so many ways to do it with Lamar Jackson, who led their team in rushing, by the way, then run the football, even if you're down by ten or down by twenty. It's, you had plenty of time to come back in this game, and they just they mismanaged the the play calling. That was for sure. Yeah, it it is mind boggling. I'd use the word mind boggling for a team that not only ran the football better than any other team in the NFL, right? And but they ran the ball, yes, and ran the ball more frequently than any team in the NFL. They rushed as a team for over a hundred yards in every single game. Right, it wasn't even that close. And yet somehow, with your season on the line, forget Lamar's eight runs, they ran the ball eight times, five with running backs and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. And it doesn't make sense because they weren't playing from behind the entire game. No, Like, I get it, they were down 14-7. It's a one-score game. That's not enough to get away from the run. Even 17-7. Like, I don't think a two-score game early second half is enough of a reason to get away from the run. And they did. And that part makes absolutely no sense. They got away. Not only did Lamar get away, but the team and play calling got away from the identity of what made this offense special. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Ev. When you lose your identity, especially in this game, against a team that just feels inevitable, I've used that word a lot about the Chiefs because that's who Pat Mahomes is, you are not going to win. You better stick to what got you there. And, look, the Chiefs were loading the box. I mean, the first play of the game, the Raven—it's uh, really the, the 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 first scrimmage play of the game, not the kickoff. I mean, there are set, there's eight guys in the box basically. Mm-hmm. They were loading the box to try to stop Lamar Jackson, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna. They can't keep doing that. Eventually, they gotta pull some people out of the box, and when you do, audible, check into it, have some set, be clever. They weren't at all in this game. More reaction to what we witnessed yesterday as Americans and football fans at 877-337-6666. And we come back a few minutes on what was a monstrous story from the weekend. And that was the fall heard around New York City. Julius Randle's tumble, the worry for the last 48 hours about his status for the rest of the season, and the update we now have. So this weekend was a very, very stressful day. And by the way, I'm talking right now as an IBO, as an independent basketball observer, not as the president of the coalition of Nick haters. But Julius Randle took a very nasty tumble at the end of the Miami Nick game, which I also admit I got wrong. I've made some correct predictions recently about the Knicks. I thought the Knicks would lose to the struggling Miami Heat on Saturday afternoon. I was wrong. Yeah, you missed that one. I missed that one. So give the Knicks a lot of credit. Because they're the Knicks. We are <laughs> New York Knicks. Well, I hear that they're dogs, <laughs> and they're going to do damage. That's what I've been told. I've heard that as well. So the Knicks are up by 17 with four and a half to go when Julius tumbles to the ground. And you know immediately he's seriously hurt. Right. He doesn't take his free throws, which means he's out of the game. But more than that, you could just see the pain and anguish he was in as he walked to the locker room. 
Before we get into the injury and the update, let me just address this off the top. And you tell me if I'm wrong, Tiki. Yeah. I will defend Tom Thibodeau on this because the way I look at big leads in the NBA, when they take their stars out, I'll take my stars out. Miami still had Jimmy on the floor. Yeah. They still had Bam on the floor. It's a 17-point game with four and a half minutes to go. I know it's easy. Ah, oh, Tom Thibodeau yeah. is what he does. But I-, I can't take my guys out until I know it's over, and they haven't taken their guys out yet. I'm all right keeping my starters in. Well, especially if it's not. I mean, it, obviously it's aggressive because it's the NBA and the Heat are trying to win this game, but it's it wasn't like a chippy game. It wasn't like there were cheap shots, sh- cheap shots coming and things of that nature. And if you're Tom Thibodeau, winning that game is important. I think so. It's a good win. And, 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 and how do you know it's important? Because winning every game for him is important. That's sure. why these guys are— Especially against that team. Yes, but it's why these—yes, given last year and everything else. But it's why you're seeing these guys, and it's going to become a problem at some point, logging 44 minutes mm-hmm. a game, 46 minutes for some of these guys. I mean, he just—he's not willing to let the bench unit hurt them. And, and, and so it's just his M.O. It's what he does. To me— it was just an it was it was a you know what happens accident. It was unfortunate, right? And you know what happened thing. It, to it, me, it I can't blame Tom Thibodeau. For I this. would have a different view if Eric Spolstra pulled his starters, and I'd say, what are we doing here? Yeah. They've already given up. What are we doing? Get our guys out. So I just want to start there. I don't blame Tom Thibodeau. Clearly, you don't either. No. Over the last forty eight hours, and I genuinely feel for Nick fans when I say this: the lack of updates was painstaking. Like, (laughs) you're sitting there as a Nick fan. Your entire weekend has a cloud over it. Because I'll say this about Julius, as skeptical as I or others may be about his performance in the playoffs, if the Knicks are going anywhere, Julius has to play. Like, there's no illusions about that. Absolutely. So you're sitting there saying, what's the update? What's the update? What's the update? What's the update? Tom Thibodeau after the game says, yeah, I'm damn concerned. So he's honest about his concern. And I genuinely thought the longer without an update, the meant this could be bad, that this could be surgery. And if it was surgery, he's done for the season. If it's just uh, the shoulder issue, the dislocated shoulder, you're looking more at a month, which yeah. is significant, but not the end of the world. But the lack of an update reminded me of Jacob DeGrom. I got to tell you, Nick fans, I felt like I was living in the DeGrom world. Of, What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Is he going to need Tommy John surgery? What's wrong with him? Now, the update we have today from Adrian Wojnarowski, Shams, and Ian Begley is that they still don't know, but they're confident. They have confidence that the imaging will tell them it's just dislocated and we're looking at weeks, not months. And what I would say about that is this. Here's my date, March 15th. What's March 15th? Mm. March 15th is is the day I'd want him back. (laughs) Why? I'll tell you why. Any day after March 15th, I get worried. I get worried about being ready for the postseason the way he needs to be ready for the postseason. Obviously, walking through that door on April 10th, as long as he's playing, it's like, great, he's playing. But are you getting Julius Randle? And the one thing that Louie don't want, and I don't want, as a hater, I admit this, is I don't want questions. I don't want a cloud of, well, he wasn't healthy. That's why he struggled. No, 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 no. No, no, we don't want that. I don't want that. You don't want that. We want him healthy to see what this man is made of come postseason time. Mm. And so I look at the middle of March as that date where I need him back. Let's get him back in a playoff shape. And let's go. Are you still the independent basketball observer or analyst or whatever? Yeah, I just said that as an IBL. Let's go next. Because to me, that sounds like you're saying he needs to be back. 
so that there's no excuse for why he plays poorly in the postseason. That's for Nick fans, though. <laughs> Nick fans feel the same way. You don't want to lose in the playoffs with Julius struggling under the cloud of he wasn't healthy. We even had that well, last year. I mean, even if this is weeks, they're going to have to figure out a solution. Like, something's got to break here, right? We, we've been anticipating another move, another trade, whatever it may be for the last, I don't know, five weeks or four weeks, whatever mm-hmm. it's been yeah. since the OG thing. but And it just hasn't come. Unrelated, though, because I'm not – here's what I would say. But I'm not, not looking know, to replace him. I know it's unrelated. I'm looking to get pieces on my bench. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But now isn't there an urgency for that? Like, there has to be an urgency. I think There's there just was... not enough uh, – Jalen Brunson's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And I think what OG's done has been uh, – it's been exactly what the Knicks needed. But there is not enough scoring – on this Knicks team to lose Julius Randle for however many weeks well, no, it's going to no. be. But, but Tiki, I agree. If Julius was out for the season, I think we're having a far different discussion. For the Knicks to do any damage, as you would say, in the postseason, mm. they need a healthy Julius Randle. I think we all know that. I admit that as a hater. You admit that as a lover. Like, that's the reality. <laughs> so my focus at the trade deadline wouldn't change because of this because I'm not looking to replace Julius Randle. And I think the Knicks are good enough to survive a month without him. Like, they're not going to tank. They're not going to fall apart. There's enough bad teams in the NBA. See, tonight, look at tonight's a great example. They're going to beat the crap out of the Hornets. They should. There's bigger concerns if they can't. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't look to make a trade to survive without Julius. I'd still be looking to make a trade to reinforce the roster I have to compete with Boston and Milwaukee, assuming but that was, I have a healthy Julius. That was guaranteed to happen. Now there's an urgency for it to happen. Why? That's the difference. Because there's not enough scoring. I agree with you, but not in the loss of Julius Randle. Because I think you have to play the game that he's coming back in a month and a half. Don't okay. you? Because if you don't, uh, as you said, you can't coach F. Okay, but can you can you hang on for six weeks? Yes. Five weeks? Yes. Are they good enough to hang on for five weeks? They're not playing the Bucks and the Celtics every night, so the answer is yes. Like I think they can survive in this NBA with the schedule that they look, have without look at the schedule. But, but they can survive without them. Now, are they going to fall down to the seven seed? No. I think they're still a top six seed. Are they going to get the three seed like Lugie and other Nick fans have dreamt about? No, I think it hurts them. I'll admit that. No, think, it absolutely you admit that. Yeah, of course. Since the OG Ananobi trade, they are the best team in the NBA. You can look that up because they have the best record. Yes. So this is a gut-wrenching weekend for me, and I know for a lot of Nick fans. Number one, I'm a Julius supporter. Number two, they are playing such great basketball right now. Everything is so cohesive, and you knew another trade was coming. And to Teak's point, if you think Julius is going to miss the year, that's where you start thinking, all right, do we have to yeah. ask for Laurie Mark? Right. In, which I don't think he's going to get traded, but you need to replace Julius. Now, if you think he's coming back short-term, then you stick with your other plan, which is to get a backup point guard. I still think they needed a big either way. Is Mitchell Robinson coming back? There are some unknowns. The good thing is... It kind of puts you in limbo. It's limbo. <laughs> so that's where Leon Rose has to make a tough call, and that's where you hope he has an idea of... How long is Julius going to be out? Well, because but, didn't Begley or someone say this surgery still on the table? So, so the, that would mean he's done. What I've read about with this injury is that Steph had this uh, a year or two ago, and he had dislocated shoulder, yeah. and he missed thirty one ga- the thirty one days. Right. So month. you could miss a month with an injury like this. Which, by the way, I think you are all signing for leap day, February twenty ninth. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Right. I think you'd be okay with that. I think if you get him back first couple of weeks of March, I laid out March 15th sure. for my reasons, I think that's a victory. 
if there's concern he's not getting back till April or May, like he could miss the start of the playoffs, it's a completely different Look, mindset. They, they needed reinforcements either way, but now without Julius, think about the minutes OG's got a lot. Yep. Think about the minutes Jalen's got a lot. They're already bad. <laughs> they will have nothing left in the tank come April. So they have to get guys here quicker. Than, they got to get more dogs, as somebody would say, Evan, and they need it fast. But, they, but that's under – here's the difference. Like, God, this is it's such a crappy time because oh tell me about it I mean six <laughs> wins in a row smoke the heat and right. it's always personal against those losers right. and then and Julius goes down what have they lost two out of their last fifteen or yeah, something like you, that it's it, just ridiculous no, how good they've been playing it's actually the best timing I disagree with you guys they have fifteen of the next twenty games at home like they can survive this this is all but about I the playoffs and having them ready for. I get what you Because I still think they could have got a top three okay. seed, and they still might. I understand that. I understand the dream of I'm the best team in the league. I want to prove it. I want to beat everyone. I right. totally get that. I, I, fine. But they can absolutely weather being without him. Like, they've got 15 of the next 20 at home. When they play the Grizzlies at home, when they play the Jazz at home, yeah. when they play the Pistons next month at home, those are all winnable games. So to answer your question, Dick, yeah, I think they can absolutely weather it without replacing Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. The key to this whole thing is when is he back? If he's back in the middle of March, which gives him a month to get back into NBA shape and back to getting that cohesion with whomever they acquire to add to this bench, I think that's more than enough time to be ready. I so think he, that's I, the key to me. I think if he doesn't need surgery, Julius will come back as early as possible because that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. He wants to be out there. Not saying that other guys in the NBA don't, but we know maybe one of them is coming back tonight. There are guys <laughs> that want to play basketball. Julius Randle's one of them. And, so if he could get back early, he will. And the other aspect of this whole thing excited is... excited for that, by the way? For what? The thing that Lugie just kind of... I don't know what he's talking about. I'm talking about the Knicks right now. I'm uh, focused the on Nets still time. in the league. I'm not talking about them. Why do I got to be pigeonholed with this? And we're doing IBO stuff here. We're talking real basketball, not that crap in Brooklyn, all Well, right? we're just talking about guys that want to play basketball not. Just no, Julius wants to play basketball. Here's the other reason why March 15th is a big day. Because they can weather the next month. Mm-hmm. If your uh, concern is, I want to be a four seed. I want to be a five. I want to be out of the playing tournament. I don't want to deal with that, which I completely agree with. And right now, there are five games off of the seven seats. They're mm-hmm. in a really good spot. They can weather that until the middle of March because all these home games they have coming up mm-hmm. gets countered with a crap ton of road games. Yeah. Including games in Denver, right. in Golden State, in Sacramento, and Milwaukee, in Boston. So if you can get them back by the middle of March, A, the Knicks will weather this for the next month and a half, and B, it's more than enough time for Julius to get back in a game shape for when it matters, which is the postseason. So the Knicks still haven't told us anything. Even Woj and Shams have just said they're confident. They think this. They think that. Let's see if it's the case. But if you avoid surgery, and we're talking weeks, not months, and you can get them back by March 15th, yeah, and, and you they, guys survive. And they'll weather the storm anyway because they had to trade for other players anyway. So they're going right. to do that regardless. So they're going to get depth. It's just now accelerated. Right. Correct. That's, that's what it to me it feels like. It needs to be accelerated. I don't know if that means being imprudent, but it definitely needs to be accelerated. They don't have enough scoring. They just don't. Oh, especially off their bench. No, no question about it. And the NBA is wide open this year. Anybody could win the title right within, you know, which is, which is why even more since Correct. should be a exactly. And they got a damn good basketball team. And I don't want to see this season go to waste. Were you very concerned this weekend? I try to ignore your texts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But what, what, I, my text? What did well, I say? Was, we're, we're sitting down. I'm watching. I believe it was the NFC Championship. Oh, yeah. Game. I did say that. And Evan's got to go, man. 
It's real ominous that we haven't yeah. gotten a Julius Randle. I, I, I respect that, but during that game, did I need to see the Julius Randle stuff from you there? Yes, Not really. Wanted to troll you? No, yeah. no, 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 no. And I went, no, hold on, damn it! Hold on. I'm like, all right, let me go on Twitter. Is something Here, bad? Is something good? Here's where you guys are very, very wrong. And I treated this Randle injury the way I would treat the Grom's injury. That's exactly what I would say if it was Jacob Degrom. That's exactly what I would say if it was Aaron Rodgers. That's exactly what I would say. The more time, and I probably have said it on the air many times, the more time Teak that goes by without an update, the more concerned I get. Yeah, of course, because it feels like they're hiding something. If it was something that was minor, you'd say, oh, he'll be fine a couple weeks. He'll be fine is easy to say. Well, he's going to need extensive rehab, may need surgery, blah, 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 blah. That's harder to say. No question. And it's, and it's harder to get out without panic. Absolutely. And what I feel bad about genuinely is that I have lived a life of refreshing Twitter and getting injury updates. Like, I'm not even kidding. I can give you 100 examples of it. Aaron Rodgers more recently, the Grom when he was here, every Kevin Durant injury. Like, I know what it's like, mm-hmm. and it's the worst. And so on Championship Sunday and the Royal Rumble Saturday night, I just understand what you guys are going through. And genuinely, no troll, I feel for you because I've lived that life many, many times. But just remember this, Nick fans and Jet fans and Met fans. The Detroit Lions reminded you of something. No matter how good things are, we are all going to lose. And we're all going to lose horribly. Let's go to Bruce in Connecticut. Hey, Bruce. Hey, guys, uh, thank you for taking the call. Big honor. Thank you. Uh, I want to ask you something. Tiki, you being a former pro, I got to know if there's something to this or if I'm a gambling guy and I'm overthinking it. (laughs) But yesterday, yesterday, the Detroit Lions, I believe, became the 15th team in conference championship history to be an indoor team and go play outdoors and lose. For some reason, the conference title game, wow. indoor teams do not win, oh. and it's not like the it's not like That's the weather was inclement. No, so weigh, weigh in on well, this. Hold on, hold on. Before before Tiki does, what's the stat now? Like, is it ever happened where an outdoor team? I'm the sorry. Last in, time, in, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the the last time I looked it up, yeah, it was Minnesota and Philadelphia some years ago, and I said, you know what, I got to look this up. Well, hold on. The Rams. Like, the Rams now. The Rams won where? In New Orleans. But the Rams play in a dome. That yeah. thing in L.A. Right. is a dome, isn't it? it it's... No no team no team that plays. You can't find one. And if you could, please do it. Well, hold on a second. Now you got, you got my brain working yeah, right, here before Tiki right. gives an answer on football on this. Has an outdoor t- I'm sorry. No, an, has it, a dome team ever gone outside for a championship game and won? So... The Rams, I don't think so, The man. Rams went to New Orleans. To New Orleans. So that's indoor, right? They won indoor. But aren't the Rams an indoor team, too? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's talking about a, an indoor team winning the championship outside. Right. So, right. By the, the way, the Rams that year played outside at the Coliseum. Oh, so there's your one example. But, uh, but, but that's not what he's saying. But he's they're saying, not a dome team, then. He's saying indoor teams winning outdoors. Right? Oh, that's right. That's so correct. They're, so they're not, a, they're not a dome team. So who did the Rams, where did they play two, two years ago? I'm thinking of a different team here, so I'm going to go ahead. The Rams played in New Orleans. And then the, no, no, you're to, then they played San Francisco that year. A dome team winning. Didn't the outdoors. Saints beat the Bears to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, but they were at home. No, they were on the road, I thought. Were they? I thought the Saints won the NFC Championship game. I got game the list the of the NFC Championship game. Hold on. All right. So give me the the Rams two championships. No, he's right about that. No, they lost in 2006. We're talking about when they lost to the Chicago Bears. Right. 
They so, lost. They, they lost. So Saints, them. Yeah, the Saints beat the Vikings that year, and that was two right. dome teams. Far. All right, g- give me give me the Rams, the two championships that they've won. The Rams, two championships. The one with golf. They won at San Francisco. Right, so that's your... With Stafford. Uh, but they were outside then. Yes. Oh, that was pre-SoFi. Yes. That was Coliseum. They went outdoor, <laughs> outdoor. So you would need, like, the Colts. The Colts won their title games at home. Both of them. They beat the Patriots yeah. at home. He might and be right. no, 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 no. I think he's right. I think he's right. And by the way, this leads into a point I've made to you for weeks that you guys, you and Sean, don't want to hear, which is that the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings have cold-weather teams have hurt themselves by playing inside. Yeah. Because neither team has been to a Super Bowl since going inside. The Vikings actually went to a few when they were outside. The Lions obviously haven't been to one. Uh, never mind. Yeah. It's never happened. I thought I had one. I thought I had Washington over Detroit in 91, but that was in Washington. So dome teams in a championship game can't go outside and win. Yeah. It's never happened. I would, I would guess, because I have no idea. (laughs) Yes. But I would guess you get used to continuity of surface. So this is why some, um, quarterbacks, because they don't get hit, they don't have to deal with it as much as other skill position players are okay with AstroTurf or Mm. with the field turf. Where, you know, this whole debate that we've been having for, I mean, last few years, really, about all fields should be grass in the NFL. Figure out a way to make it grass. But there's some guys, including Eli Manning, who said, yeah, but the the AstroTurf gives you a continuity, right? The, The field turf, it gives you a continuity of surface. You know exactly what you're doing. You're not worried about slipping and sliding you figure out what shoes to wear, and you can wear them all the time. You're not changing the length of your your studs and all those other things. So the, the only thing I could think would be that the inconsistency in surface gets to you, well, I'll tell a, you in a heightened game. I'll tell you where all this comes full circle. So beginning of this show, we talked a lot about losers losing mm-hmm. and Dan Campbell making decisions that contributed to the Lions losing this game. And one of the big decisions he made twice was eschewing a field goal to go for it on fourth down. And you've laid out, and a few callers have laid out, well, Michael Badgley, Mm -hmm. he hasn't attempted a kick outside. He's unreliable. Well, if the Detroit Lions aren't a comfy dome team, (laughs) is there really concern about Michael Badgley attempting a a 48-yard field goal in San Francisco? Such a good point. It's a good point if the because weather, if he's used to weather and wind and rain and nonsense, and he still goes up there, no no distraction of focus, and just crushes it through the uprights, then maybe Dan Campbell, you know, and seven minutes to go in the in the in the in the third quarter, kicks that. Well, if they're playing the game. that game in Atlanta, another dome, he's kicking it. I mean, I mean, and puts it a seventeen point lead. Oh, I have now scanned every AFC and NFC championship game twice. Yes. I cannot find an example of this happening. However, I do think there should be a caveat. There are now, percentage-wise, way more dome teams there were from 1995 previously. Yeah. Which I think you're going to okay. have more okay. chances So, so, so in fairness, right now in the AFC, you've got the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, and also now the Raiders and Chargers that right. are dome teams. Yes. Okay? By the way, the Chargers, that stadium, SoFi, is weird. It's indoor, but... It's more like an umbrella. It's not like yeah. a, it's not like a dome. They've had you lightning I mean? delays there. Yeah, it's it's like an umbrella. So wouldn't that be a not a but dome? The, the field is unaffected. Oh. Right? The field so that's is how protected. we judge it. Like you're protected in there, even though 
it, it, the, an umbrella is the best way to think about it. it. It's open underneath, everywhere. It's all open. It's just this one big slant. Right. Right? That's like on an angle, and part of it goes down to the ground. The rest of it is wide you know open. What? You know what? Technically not a dome, because if there happens to be heavy winds, they will be affected. Yeah, yes. that one, I don't even know if yeah. I would call that I a dome. I wouldn't either. Yeah. It's listed as a dome, but it's not a dome. Yeah. Hello, SNY. Arizona's a dome. The Rams obviously were a dome. We're talking about that place. Yep, Atlanta. Atlanta, New Orleans are domes. Minnesota, Detroit are domes. And Dallas is a dome. Okay, hold on. Yeah. So let's go look at Dallas. I looked at all of them. When they, all those championship games, Texas Stadium was not a no, dome. No, that yet. wasn't a dome. I'm talking about the new ones are dome. Remember, no, 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 no. Cowboys don't play in championship games anymore. So they're well, no, no. Go back to those original ones. Yeah. And where were they played? Most of them at Texas Stadium. There was candlestick involved. So did they win in Candlestick? Uh, I have to go back. Technically, they are a dome team. But no, they not, no, no, they weren't back then. They weren't. You had the eye of God. Yeah, oh, I remember I God was looking but down. Technically, it's a dome. That's not a dome. <laughs> it is. No, it's. A, they played in the snow once it was before. Astro turf. Yeah, but Tiki, do you remember the Dolphin Cowboy yes, game dude, on Thanksgiving in the snow? It. I remember it all. If you play in the snow, you're not a dome. Well, Tiki's <laughs> argument. Tiki's <laughs> argument is more about the turf. Our right. argument is more about the elements. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, okay. I guess it's here's what I know because the elements don't. I, I, you can't predict who's going to win or lose a game based on the elements. You know what I mean? And so, to me, it's about the field, the turf. I get you. But I do think the elements matter, too. And elements, the elements or the matter. elephants? The elephants <laughs> and the elements. They both matter greatly. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.